Hey there, this is Larry, and I'm here with Armin. You're about to listen to a great episode. But before you do, we want to let you know that we're now podcasting over at the Bold Idea Podcast. That's right, and we're not adding any new episodes to Reinventure Me, but we think you're really going to like what we're doing on the Bold Idea Podcast. We're interviewing some great guests and packing ideas and inspiration to help you put your faith to work to bring your idea to life. So when you're done with this episode, go check it out at boldideapodcast.com. Episode number 38 of the Reinventure Me podcast. Well, you can't really be alive without experiencing some kind of conflict. And we're going to be talking today about handling conflict in this episode of Reinventure Me. Thanks for taking part. Find your next great beginning. Welcome to the Reinventure Me podcast with your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi. Hello and welcome to episode number 38 of the Reinventure Me podcast. This is the podcast where we talk about what's next in life, which gives us a lot of ground, doesn't it, Armin? Oh, just a little. <laughs> we can, <laughs> and we can cover all kinds of things. So I'm your co-host, Larry Gates, and I'm with Armin Asadi. Armin Asadi, we like to tag team it and try to bring you some thought-provoking, we hope, yeah. Uh, insights or maybe not even insights, but some of the questions that we wrestle with when we think about what's next in life for us. And this is the podcast where we like to talk about what's next in life because we never want to stop asking the question, what do we want to be when we grow up? Grow up. That's right. And I didn't do that in my Mickey Mouse voice. <laughs> We've grown out of it. <laughs> I've grown up. <laughs> and it's back. <laughs> I thought we finally killed it, but no. Well, you know, Armin, a few episodes ago, we talked about... Uh, are you learning enough how to build a personal learning plan? Hmm. Yeah. And we challenged each other that mm -hmm. we were going to write a personal learning plan. Are you just about to call us out? I am going to call us out because Fantastic. we were we were so quick in putting the last couple episodes together yep. that I think it totally spaced <laughs> uh, each other out here to, to get that done. Yeah, yeah. And so um, we, we want to let you know, if you were listening to that podcast and you kept record, if you're keeping score at home about our own commitments. <laughs> Let's hope not. <laughs> I think this is the second one I screwed up. <laughs> well, Armin and I have created our personal learning plans. And I want to let you know that you'll now find those on the show notes at reinventure.me slash three five. Now, that's not the show notes for today's show. That's the show notes for... Uh, the episode from three weeks ago when we talked about how to create your personal learning plan. So you'll see the plan that I'm on. You'll see the plan that Armin has created for himself. And we hope that inspires you also to create your own personal learning plan. So now that we got that out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for throwing us under the bus, Larry. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have a bone to pick with you. <laughs> oh, gosh. Thanks. What now? Well, this is the episode. Oh, gotcha. I see what you did. See? Uh, I'll lead into the episode. <laughs> this show is about how to handle conflict. And so Armin and I are going to go at it. We're going to go toe-to-toe. -to -toe. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to conflict about conflict. <laughs> well, well, perhaps so. But, but uh, you'll find the show notes for this show on reinventure.me slash 38, because, of course, we're on episode 38. And we do want to talk about how to handle conflict. Yes, we do. We, and because it comes up, doesn't it? All the time, especially between you and I, because we like to fight a lot. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, we don't. But conflict is a big deal. It's, it's something that comes up all the time. So uh, we just figured since this is something we have to always deal with, it would be something good to talk about. And that's why we're talking about it today. But uh, as always, why don't we kick it off with a good old Inspire Me. All right. 
This uh, this is a quote directly from Winston S. Churchill. He says, "We are masters of the unsaid words, but slaves of those we let slip out." Mm. The story of my life as an extrovert. Yeah, you know, things slip out. You're like, "No, make it stop. It's too late." <laughs> right, and often it happens, especially when you're in conflict. When you are defensive, angry, mm-hmm. you say things that you wish you could have said. Oh, yeah. come back. Yeah, yeah. You can ask my wife about that. It, ha- it typically happens on Monday nights, mm-hmm. you know, or it's it's the first day back to full day of work, and it's mm-hmm. usually your longest day, and it's usually when you're the most drained, and then you come home, and it's instant, oh, I shouldn't have said that, I'm sorry. I had a strange episode, well, I probably shouldn't use the word strange when I know my wife will be listening to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> she and I went for a walk one night, and I was still in work mode, you know, mm. and She started telling me about something, and I have to be honest, I had no idea what she was saying. So, because I I wasn't thinking, you know, I was, I was off in my own little world. And so she asked the question, so what do you think? Mm. And at that point I had a decision to make. Do I fess up and say, I wasn't listening, you're going to have to tell me. (laughs) Or do I say, uh, well, what do you think? You know, try to egg her on me keeping believing that that i was listening you know right. making it sound like i was paying attention when i in fact had no clue what yeah. was going on i thought maybe there's a, a possibility that i could pick up the pieces but i know anna's way too smart for that so i fessed up i said anna I, i'm sorry i wasn't uh, even paying attention to what you had to say <laughs> probably didn't even face her though. and and that is when i discovered that i was a slave to those words i let slip out <laughs> actually i was more a slave to the inattention that i gave her yeah. but it made for an interesting rest of our walk how did she respond i'm curious <laughs> well she was a little bit agitated that i wasn't paying attention to her you know and oh. uh, because it was was it a long explanation that you just no it wasn't so of? much a long explanation as as much as it was a heartfelt one oh Ooh, yeah, so when worse. when you're trying to kind of <laughs> clueless to somebody sharing something that was yeah painful to share, yeah. they're not inclined to want to do it a second time because you weren't listening. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to get the heart back in the second time. Now you're just reiterating. Ah, that stinks. That's it, okay. It is. You well, you know, in marriage, we often find that that's where conflict comes into play a lot because it's our most trusted relationship. It's perhaps the person we might spend the most time with and certainly right. they're going to see all kinds of our warts and right. and things like that but we want to talk about handling conflict not only in and in, in marital relationships i don't think we'll focus as much on that mm-hmm. but how do we handle conflict even in the day-to-day when we're out into the work world yeah and, we're just keeping it general yeah keeping it general because mm-hmm. it, could, it can apply anywhere exactly but oftentimes we we find that how do you handle people who you don't know all that well, you don't know their history, their background, the way you might with your spouse, so you know kind of how to maneuver around that. Right. But with people in the work world, conflict can come at you and you had no idea it was coming. Yeah, conflict's not isolated to work or home or anything. Conflict happens anywhere, Ever. anytime. It might be a person that you just ran into for the first time today. It doesn't mean conflict won't happen. Yeah, I had a guy who stopped in front of me on an on-ramp, Uh-oh. got out of his car, was waving his fist at me, wanting me to roll down the window because he thought that I cut him off or something. I mean, there's you know basic road rage <laughs> stuff, but yeah, conflict is. You just said it can happen anywhere. It's like right in the middle of the highway. You know, yeah, this serious. is happening. There are three important reasons to talk about conflict. First of all, it is often the reason we end up moving on either to a new job or we find that we abandon a relationship Mm -hmm. or it is often the trigger for change in our life. Yeah. 
and it can be the thing too that can keep us from positive change. If Very you're true. a person that's prone to conflict, it might keep you back from a promotion or a greater leadership position or anything mm-hmm. like that. So it is one of those things that is a a trigger point for uh, either change or it can also deny the kind of change that you might like. Second, it's inevitable, as you were pointing out. You, you can't do anything oh. or be anywhere without running into it. <laughs> yeah. So we have to talk about it, and yeah. we have to figure out how to get better at it. And third is conflict itself can impair our judgment. Hmm. We might make decisions over conflict yeah. that in the midst of no conflict, we wouldn't make those same decisions. Right. And so those are three good reasons why we're talking about conflict on this podcast about what's next in life, because conflict can be the precipitating event that causes you to do stupid stuff. <laughs> and, and, and we have enough of those already, right? <laughs> on a daily basis. <laughs> so let's get this going. Let's, let's okay. have some fun with this. Armin, tell me about your, how you handle conflict. I mean, do you consider yourself a, a conflict avoider or... A confronter. What kind of guy are you? Oh, I, I'm. Well, it's my personality type. I'm. V- I'm very much on the confrontation side. I don't like to let it sit. I don't like to think about it. I just like to attack it. So I'm very. Uh, and I'm not saying that it's a great thing. Backfires all the time on me. But I. I hate conflict that's not dealt with. Mm-hmm. You know. So I, as soon as it happens, I want to jump into it. Yeah. Let's get the sleeves rolled up. Yep. I, I, I'm the same way. Yeah. Are you? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I'm a little bit more convoluted, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> you go around about way? Well, no, I think I have such, I've had such a desire to please people, mm-hmm. and I care a lot about what they think about me, wow. that I like to get conflict out of the way. Hmm. So I want to get things kind of restored back to, okay, yeah. I want a healthy relationship here, and I don't like it when I can't manage how somebody else thinks about me. So in a way, I'm a confronter, yeah. but in another way, it's kind of like almost wanting to avoid. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think that there's aspects of my relationships that I, I do avoidance, and I think that's mainly with my wife, I want to say. Yeah, I would say my wife is the only one I really do the... Com- avoidance thing? Yeah, just because I'm being more strategic about it, I'll say that. <laughs> so I've failed a lot. Picking your battles? Yes. 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 That's really critical uh, in handling conflict because there are some people who, at the drop of a pin, will uh, take issue over something. Right. And uh, and then there are others who are much more uh, forgiving and uh, and less concerned. You, c- you could hit them with a boulder. Yep. And it wouldn't create any kind of conflict at all for them. Yeah. So, so you, you're you're not much of an avoider either. It sounds like no, I'm not. I'm I I'm pretty comfortable with confronting people with stuff, but I'm also becoming, I think, a little bit better at discerning when to do that. Mm-hmm. There are some things that just aren't worth it. Yeah. And you just let you just let it go. You give them grace, or whatever. But for important things, especially if I see somebody's been done an injustice. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I am more inclined to stand up and make a thing about it. Yeah. But I think part of it is, you know, conflict, doesn't it boil down to us thinking that everybody else ought to think the way we think? I mean, there's in some ways, there's always rationalization that the way I'm thinking about something is the right way to think. Yeah. And so we like to hang around people that think similarly because they validate our way of thinking. Yeah. And when somebody is not in tune with that, we we get a little bit agitated by it and that's where conflict occurs. I like what Soren Kierkegaard said about that. He, he, he said, people understand me so poorly that they don't even understand my complaint about them not understanding me. 
<laughs> who said that? Soren Kierkegaard. I don't even know who that is. <laughs> oh, famous like theologian. That. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I like that quote. <laughs> I should I should have came up with that actually, especially after working in church. So, yeah. what's your uh, what's your personal style of conflict resolution? Well, I prefer to resolve conflict in person. It really agitates me when I get a conflict avoider who doesn't return phone calls, mm. doesn't want to meet. Mm. Uh, the only way I might be able to reach them is via email. Mm. And then it's like, uh, it's really difficult to do that via email. Okay. To to that point that you're talking about, yeah. there's one thing I cannot stand is, Go especially in the professional world. Yeah. I, I, there's nothing, well, I shouldn't say nothing that rubs me the wrong way more than this. There's a lot that rubs me the wrong way more than this. But this is something that I, I, I have very little tolerance for. Um, whether it's in ministry or job or whatever, whatever professional setting it is, when people try to have conflict via text message and email, my gosh, I cannot handle that. I just I can't either. I think it's drives so, me nuts. So juvenile. I think it's so immature. I think it's so cowardice. But it happens. Do you have all any opinion time. about that at all? I do, and I can't stand <laughs> it because all all it does is just create more conflict. Nobody knows what your emotion is behind the email. You, I, I, I could say something like, I, well, I, whatever, it doesn't even matter in the example, but you have no idea what my, my emotion is behind it, how I'm saying it. Right. Whoever is reading it on the other end, depending on what kind of day they have, they're going to perceive it in whatever emotional state that they're in in that moment. Yeah, and, and you can't tell if a winky face is sarcastic yeah, or trying to make a point. Yeah, or or or, <laughs> or if it's a backhanded comment, right? And exactly. Trying to make it sound like it's funny when it's not. Well, and it's not surprising. Over seventy percent of communication is nonverbal, mm-hmm. and if you're trying to resolve something via email, mm-hmm. it has the notion of it of you're trying to keep a paper trail of the conversation, yeah. so that you can stick somebody with it. Yeah. And how often do you see people picking on a word? I saw it just today, in yeah. fact, on an email exchange between a couple people. Somebody picked on a word that somebody else chose. And honestly, I think they just poorly chose the word. Right. But then it became the thing that inflamed the discussion on, on oh, something Lord. else, you know. So semantic lawyers. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so my personal style of conflict resolution is to deal with it face to face. And sometimes right that's hard. It's really hard to do it. But there I don't see any other way where you can convey Yeah. The body language, the tone, the care, the, the the intent to listen as well as you can when you do it. Yeah, conflict is not a matter of, you know, making it easy or making it hard. It's always going to be uncomfortable, but it, 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 the focus shouldn't be about how difficult it is, or how easy it is. The focus should be is how healthy is it. Right. Because it's about the resolution. It's not about the conflict. Exactly. You're looking for the outcome, not necessarily about the process, but you'll never get the resolution or the outcome that you want unless you care about a healthy process. And if your process is based on emails and text messages, you obviously don't care about the outcomes. You're just trying to get a point across. You're trying to make yep. a statement and you just want to walk away from it and not really have it. Yep. But if you actually want a resolution and you want to get the outcome that is good for the relationship, I should be able to look that person in the eye and they should be able to look me in the eye. Worst case scenario, phone call. Right. I, I can't see anything beyond those. Yeah. And I agree. I, yeah. I think that's the, that's, that's my style as well. Now, as we said earlier, some of the best test cases for conflict and how you handle it is in your own context of marriage. And Anna and I have a very rational way of conflict with each other. Mm-hmm. You know, we just sit down and we just talk through it and it's, 
it's a little bit odd, but neither of us get very emotional about it. Yeah, you guys it. are so, not emotional processors. No, we're not. I think you're probably more emotional. Oh, I think so. <laughs> I think I'm probably, of the two of us, I am definitely more emotional. And, you know, that's kind of odd to it's say. It's funny but, to say, yeah. Yeah, but you know what was funny, Armin, was that uh, Anna and I couldn't help overhearing the neighbors across the pond. I mean, all the way across the lake, they were having a meltdown cats and dogs arguing, really? yelling at each other. I mean, and, and we could clearly hear what they were talking about and we're standing outside. It was like, you know, pretty uncomfortable. It was like listening yeah. in on somebody else's, you know, accusations and everything. Oh, we I finally went that. inside, but we started talking about that. And we said, we should try fighting like that sometime, you know? So we actually got into an <laughs> argument not long after that. And one of us started yelling in the same way that they did intentionally yeah just, yeah just oh, because we had said we should okay. try it and we just busted a gut <laughs> we laughed so hard and i think it was one of the fastest way to resolve our conflict just, actually yeah. it's just because it, was, it turned our fight into comedy hour because it was so unlike us to that's do amazing that. i love that yeah. if i did that my wife would just shut down and walk away <laughs> yeah, like... yeah well again different people respond to it differently and, yeah. and the way i do that with anna so my personal style with her is is uh, is very logical, straightforward, and all the rest. How about for you? My wife is uh, ve- she's very emotional processor. I'm a logical processor, so I just offend her by not emotionally engaging. Sometimes, like the, my my lack of emotional processing actually becomes conflict in itself. Yes. So there's layers in our conflict. Yes. Um. So when when we had our first miscarriage, one of our biggest conflicts was. And I mean, she's obviously, you know, just, she was extremely hormonal. It's not like everything was, you know, never be, say that in the middle of a conflict. <laughs> no, I didn't, no, no, no. That's, I'll this tell you, I'm just speaking from experience. Yeah, this is months It's later. never about hormones. No, nope, no, nope, not in that moment. But it, 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 she was constantly looking for me to emotionally sympathize with her and I could not do it. And, it, and it's not... It's not that I didn't have this, you know, same kind of heartache about it. I just, but I just didn't have the same emotional response to it. Sure. So just um, me not having that same level of emotion in itself became one of our biggest conflicts just because I couldn't be as emotional as her about it. Mm. So our conflict can be very multi-layered, but my personal style is I just want to have it out because I, I don't really care about the conflict. I don't care how uncomfortable it is. I just want the outcome. And and I and I'll even say that to people. Look, I don't care about being right. I don't care if you're right. All I care about is just getting past this. I mean, if you think about it, most conflict is trivial. Yeah, a lot of it is. In fact, sometimes you have a fight and you go on so long you can't even remember what started it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was that was premarital counseling right there. As soon as you leave the confrontation or the conflict that you started out with and you go on to something else, now you know you're just fighting to fight. So just end it and then come back when you're ready to actually deal with that conflict. I know when we were preparing for this episode, I was thinking about that question about my own conflict style as well. Yeah. And I found that I have had four habits that I have had in conflict that I've been trying to break. And okay. really, in, you know, I mentioned that I'm a confronter, mm-hmm. not an avoider. Yeah. But if you think about it, these four habits are all forms of avoidance. Okay. See, well, if, see if you can identify. Okay. First habit I had was polarization. So uh, something comes up yeah, and I want to immediately reach closure. So I go, okay, fine. Your way. Oh, okay. 
You see what I'm saying? Yep. So yep. it's polarization. It's either it's my way or it's your way. There's no other third option. Right. Right. Yeah. So one of the things that Anna's really been conditioning me with is, okay, well, let's see if we can maybe brainstorm yet another option that might be mutually beneficial where I give a little, you give a little, and we come up with something else. Right. But uh, I want to resolve the conflict so quickly that I just either give it her way mm-hmm. and then get angry about it. Yeah. Or, or then I insist on my way and get angry if she accepts <laughs> because now yeah. it's like, Oh, you're only doing it because you know? Yeah. And that happens in the work environment too. I can find that if there's significant conflict, I sit there and go, okay, is it worth the time for me to go through this conflict or just be done with it? Yeah. And, and put up with something that I don't like. Mm-hmm. So first habit I've had to break is this habit of, of quick polarization. It's either your way or my way. Right. There's usually is, another way. And I'm, and I don't want to take the time to find, which it. is probably the resolution. It's probably it's, a better resolution for everybody because then you feel like nobody's had to win the full thing and yeah. it isn't about winning. Yeah. It's about coming to, to agreement. Yeah. Well, I think it's not even about a better resolution. It's an actual resolution where this one is just saying, screw this. I don't even want to have this. So well, I don't care if you're right. I'm right. I just want to be done with it. Yeah. Well, the other the other avoidance tactic, I don't know if polarization is much for you, but but this one might be uh, uh, putting the other party on hold, you know, or putting the conflict on hold. Oh, you know, so I like to, like I said, move on. Yeah. And, and you mentioned that your challenge with Ashley or Ashley's challenge with you is not yeah. listening to her emotion. Well, that's kind of like putting the conflict on hold because we want to move on mm-hmm. and they still want to deal with it and process it and and grieve it and and reach resolution. So my resolution time is much faster often than Anna's. Hmm. And what I've had to learn is that conflict isn't done until both parties are resolved, not until I'm resolved. Right. And I've often wanted to just say, okay, I'm fine with it. So let's just move on. And she's not. Yep. And I'm like, well, how long do we have to keep talking about this? You know? Yeah. And I'm ready to move on. Because she finally explained it to me this way. She said, Larry, here's the deal. You have to think about me as having 10 incoming lines, you know, those old, uh, business phone lines yeah. that would light up when the lines would come in. Yeah. You have to think about me having 10 incoming lines. And each time we have a conflict where you're not giving me an opportunity to resolve it is like putting that line on hold. Now that can only last for so long, but then the switchboard doesn't work anymore. Uh, and that was that was really a helpful illustration to me is like, how many lines am I leaving blinking? How many lines of conflict that are unresolved in her life are left blinking only because I don't want to deal with them. I'm fine with them. I've moved on, but they're still blinking on her dashboard. Right. It's funny. We go back and forth on that between my wife and I, I don't do it with anybody else though. It, with everyone else. I mean, it's fast. Yeah. I, I, cause but, I, but is it, f- if it's, if you're dealing with an introvert, especially it's fast, but they may not be done. Yeah, I guess it really depends. If they're close to me and we know each other, it's very awkward for them at first because I'm so aggressive about it. But eventually, they just get accustomed to it. Because, and here's why I think they get accustomed to it. Because I have this conversation with every single person. I always tell them, I don't care about the conflict. I care about the relationship. Yeah. So this, this conflict, this uncomfort that we feel, I don't know how to explain it. I guess I, I just, I just want to get pass it. I don't I don't want to just avoid it and pretend like it doesn't exist because that always makes things worse, not better. I agree. You know? I, I explained to a board conflict is not the problem. 
how you deal with conflict is the problem. Absolutely. You know, we, we need to have good, healthy conflict. It's mm-hmm. how you deal with it. Yes. And, and the, the point that I was saying by putting on hold is that I, I want to move on mm-hmm. and, and I'm not allowing somebody else to finish how they process the conflict. Yeah. Now see if, see if this third one that I've <laughs> had a trouble with, yeah. uh, is a problem for you mm-hmm. recruiting. Uh, I like to involve others in my cause. So oh, if man. I'm right about something, I like to point out who else agrees with me. Oh wow! And in the marriage, it can be very easy to start recruiting the kids. Hey, mm. uh, they agree with me on this or yeah. other people. Yeah. Uh, and in the workplace, uh, gossip is a terrific way to recruit uh, other people. Can't uh, handle it. Yeah. But I it can't. It happens, right? I, oh, absolutely. It happens. So is this. It seems very... Uh, benign, yeah. but it's a way of recruiting. If you see something that you don't like in another individual, instead of talking to the individual, you talk to their manager about it. Mm-hmm. That's a way of recruiting yep. that isn't healthy because you're not it. you're not dealing with the the person to whom you have conflict, yeah. and you're deal you're going directly to their boss to deal with it. Oh, I have so many opinions on that. Yeah, I'm just filtering right now. <laughs> you know, well, we've all seen it, and I've done it. Yeah, so I can't stand it. I can't. I have su- I have such very little tolerance for it. I just the last one that I found in myself that I've been learning to uh, uh, get better at is evaporating. What I call evaporating, okay. which is leaving the conflict without a trace. In other words, I I might just walk away from it. Hmm. And and that is especially you know with Anna, if I get particularly agitated. Mm-hmm. I want to be careful that I don't do what Winston Churchill told us about is like being come slave to your words. Yeah. So if I get really agitated, I want to be careful about that. And so I need time to withdraw mm-hmm. so I can collect my thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if I don't explain what I'm doing, mm-hmm. it looks like I'm, I'm upset and running away from it. And it looks like I'm wanting to implement the silent treatment. So it looks like retribution rather than just simple withdrawal to collect myself. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You know, here's what I love about conflict. I think there's a lot of people out there that just want to avoid conflict that I I come across, whether it's in the business world, marketplace, um, whether it's in ministry, whether it's just networking, whatever it might be. There just seems to be a bigger population of people that want to avoid conflict. And I would say this, and I wholeheartedly believe this. That conflict is one of the greatest assets that you can have in your life. Mm. I think conflict can create more health in your life than almost anything else can. Conflict is just a way for you to communicate whatever you're going through and help go beyond that. Mm-hmm. A lot of times it becomes emotional. A lot of times it blows up to something that's bigger than it needs to be. But conflict in itself can be something that you can look forward to because the outcome always make can make the relationship a better. I shouldn't say always. But a lot of times it can make the relationship better. Again, if the purpose of the conflict is resolution, not conflict. And the other half of that is that you probably gain more insight to yourself under conflict than mm-hmm. you do under stable conditions. Yep. And, I, and I, here, this is a true story. So the church I worked at, while I, uh, before I even worked there, I was interning there, right? And uh, one of the staff members came up to me, and this is a, while I was there for a year, and he came up to me and he had this just very inquisitive look on his face, almost confused. And he sat me down and had this very sincere, you know, conversation with me. And he said, Armin, I'm coming to you to ask this question, but I honestly don't know how to ask you this question. So I'm just going to throw this your way. You're younger than everyone here. 
you're the least experienced when it comes to ministry. You blah, 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 blah. He, he laid out basically a criteria of why I shouldn't be influential, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And then he says, but somehow without you even being on staff and being here less time than anyone else, you're one of the, if not the most influential person in this church. And then so it will turn from everything negative to something very positive really mm-hmm. quickly. I said, wow, thank you. Mm-hmm. And then he said, but I don't understand what you do to gain so much influence. And I honestly didn't have an answer. I sat there for five minutes thinking mm-hmm. about this, what caused so much influence in my life. And after honestly thinking about it, the answer I came back to him with was honestly, I think the reason I have influence that I have, I'm very willing to have a lot of conflict with a lot of people. And he was just baffled. He says, how can conflict get you influence? That honestly, man, I think a lot of people don't really know how you feel about them until you have conflict. And everybody has conflict. I don't assume my communication style is the best style. I'm abrasive. I'm aggressive. I'm dominant. I'm the type A guy. I'm, I'm, I, I just assume I tick everybody off. I'm, I'm not going to tick people off less, but I'm going to go at least figure it out with them. And I think it was just the amount of conflict that I had that allowed me to have the influence that I had. And honestly, he went and started having more conflict with people and he came back a week later. He's like, I, I would have never believed it until I tried it, but my relationships are so much healthier just having conflict. Well, I think people see when you uh, feel strongly about something and you're able to open up and share authentically who you are, what the issue is, and you're willing to have a very direct conversation about it. I think it engenders trust. Mm -hmm. I think it it allows them, if you give them the space, to also express how they're doing. And they're going to feel more connectedness by it. Yeah, I mean, you have to give people permission to have their feelings. Their feelings aren't always going to be good. Sometimes it's going to be anger, but... it's not going to ruin your relationship with me or vice versa. If you get angry, it's just a part of the process. You can feel free to let me know. And you know what might happen that might be shocking. I may actually apologize because I may feel bad about it, or I may feel like I was in the wrong. It might actually make the relationship better. Yeah. You have no idea how people are going to respond or they might respond differently than that. But exactly. So listen, if you could give one piece of advice for our listeners on how to handle conflict or the, the benefit of it or anything around this topic, what would it be? Have it. Have it. Yeah, I, I would say, but ha- make the purpose of the conflict resolution. I can't reiterate that enough. If you if if your whole focus on the conflict is the resolution, you're always going to come out on top. The relationship will get better. Conflict makes relationships stronger if it's based on resolution. And And I'm not saying that based on some book I read or anything like that. I'm just basing it on my entire life. My relationships get stronger with conflict because if the conflict is based on resolution, I just I learn something more about that person. They learn something more about me. And most importantly, we learn that we care more about the relationship than whatever issues that we were dealing with. Awesome. Right on. What about you? Well, I, I guess I would say that conflict is that place where we learn which goals we had that we can't control. Mm-hmm. And you know, we all get angry about something. Mm-hmm. at times and that's the best indicator that you've got a you've made something you can't control a goal yeah and uh, and that's a good thing to discover because we all have limitations and so knowing that we might have wanted something to happen that we have no control over is a really important thing to discover so right to on. your point about the benefit of conflict yeah it is the thing that we can learn about ourselves and the things that we might have have made uh inappropriate yeah well we need to tee this up for a challenge all right bring it
All right, so we're going to make this one simple. Um, this one is Larry's brilliant idea. Mine was basically going to be challenging everyone to just go have conflict, <laughs> which does nothing. So here's the actual challenge that Larry came up with. Uh, go ask three people to describe how they see you handle conflict. So I, and you did this with your wife, so maybe give right. an example. Right. Well, some of what I just shared. Mm -hmm. uh, she reminded me of, of how I can put put her on hold and not give her time to finish those things that I just shared a little bit earlier are all things that, uh, that I've learned from my wife. Now I asked my son the same question. He shared some different things. Uh, I think it's great to have other people sound off on how you handle conflict, yeah. especially doing it when you're not in the middle of it. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Cause it, that conversation itself could create conflict. Yeah. Then you get to try all this stuff. Before we wrap up and uh, bid everyone a farewell, can you tell us why it's so important to ask other people how we handle conflict? Well, I think we all are a little bit self-deceptive. Yeah. We have a notion about how we handle conflict, and then the person that we're actually in most conflict with or have conflict with may see it entirely different. Hmm. And we will learn more about ourselves and the truth of ourselves when we get the perspective of others. And to right. your point about using conflict as a way of influence, why not use that to build your own influence by asking people that you have had conflict with, yeah. how did you handle it? Yeah. What a great way to increase your influence even for them. I think they'll respect you for it. Absolutely. I love people who do that with me. Even, even if they're mad at me, I still like it. Yeah. So <laughs> find the thing that, uh, find, find the people that you've had conflict with and, and ask them how you do. Right on. Well, that's all the time that we have for this episode of Reinventure Me. We sure hope you enjoyed it. If you did like it, uh, if you don't like it, don't leave us a review. I'll just put it that way. <laughs> if you hated this episode, don't tell anybody you hated it and tell them to go listen to all the other episodes. But if you liked it, <laughs> would you take a moment and leave us a review on iTunes? You can get to that iTunes page very quickly by going to reinventure.me slash iTunes. Or if you're listening on Stitcher, go to reinventure.me slash Stitcher. And of course, we love to get your comments on our show at reinventure.me slash 38 for this episode or call our show line at 612-314-5447. You know what I mean? We need to come back sometime and have a segment on how tips that we can have to confront another. I think there's a whole other dynamic at play here we need to do yeah i think i need those tips <laughs> <laughs> well let's work on that we'll have that as a future episode and we just uh hope that you enjoyed this show we'll look forward to seeing you next week and until then this is larry gates and armina Sadi saying so long you've been listening to the reinventure me podcast with your hosts larry gates and armina Sadi. <laughs>